Good morning. It's so Good morning. <laughs> Just making sure. How is everyone? Oh, it's so good to see you. Did you have a good week? Sort of. I can see some nods. I see some eh. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. It's always good to be able to look out and see everyone. I have the best view in the house. So it's awesome. So let's stand up and let's all start worshiping this morning together. Shame is a prison as cruel as the grave. Shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer, lifting me up from the ground. Love
between death and life and there on a tree lamb of god was crucified and he went down on to hell he took back every key he rose up That's a good day. Can't hold that body down. That's awesome. Can you turn and say good morning? Welcome someone you haven't seen before. Or... 
It's a good day when you can see people and say hi to them. Welcome them in. We've got a new song for you guys this morning. I think it's going to make your feet move a little bit, but I'm going to have Ian throw up the chorus for you. I want you to know a little bit so you can enjoy it too. So we're going to just teach you the chorus, and then we'll sing it. And we'll, we'll sing it next week too so you guys can get it into your, your DNA of worship music. So this morning, this is a David Crowder song, but it's, here's your chorus. So let's say it together. Good God Almighty. I hope you find me praising your name no matter what comes. So it sounds like this. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me praising your name no matter what comes. It's really easy. So when the choruses come, you guys can sing those with us. Okay? And hopefully you'll have that in there a little bit. All righty. Let's do some praising.
God Almighty, isn't that a great? He is, he's so good. Do you praise him? Even when things don't look so good or the circumstances don't feel good, he's still there, he's still moving, he's still working in it. And we just don't know his plan. And mine's this little and his is this big. And he always comes through and he never, ever, ever has let me down. He may have changed the course, but he's never let me down. He is faithful, and he is sovereign in it all. And it's so awesome, because I don't have to worry about covering my back, because he's got it. And he's got yours. He loves you, and he's moving in your circumstances, too. He's always making a move in there, doing things to pull us closer to him. Sometimes he takes things away. So that way he can say, hey, I'm right here. Look at me. And then that's all you see, and it's okay. Everything's all good. Whoa. 
Holy Spirit, we, we welcome you in this place. It's been a week of busyness, a week of getting things done and marking our lists off. But Lord, we need to focus on you right now. We need you to come, settle us down, give us peace, Lord. We can do church all day long. But Lord, really what needs to happen is we need to just settle down and let your spirit come in, calm us down, just kind of remove the distractions and protect us during this time so we can hear your voice. You're a gentleman, Lord. Sometimes you speak real quiet. And you want us to get down to that place where we're just settled in so we can hear you. So Lord, take this time right now. Take this time to wash over your people. All of these people in this room, Jesus, that are just trying to figure this life out. Lord, help us to love one another like we haven't loved them before. Help us to love the way that you did and you showed us how. By reaching out to the person next to us or by the person down the street that we don't really relate to, but because you created them. You made them just the way you wanted them. Lord, come into this place now. I just pray that you feel welcome your people desire you to be here. That some of us that are further away reach out to you and just say, Lord, I can't get up. I need you to take my hand. Help me walk this path. Lord, we know that you are personal to each one of us. That you're not a book of rules. That you're a loving father show us the path that you want us to be on. You show us how you want us to love people. You've given us a book of instruction in how to keep peace, how to understand your love, how to receive your grace. Lord, I pray that now will be a time that you start moving us towards that as we start getting ready to open your word up. Till our hearts, till that soil in there. There's some clay that needs to be broken. There's some old soil that needs to be replenished and have nourishment poured into it. Or turn it up and, and bring up some of that new soil so that when those seeds start planting in, your spirit can start growing them. We just can't do this life without you. We need you and we need each other. Thank you. Thank you so much for every person in this room that made a sacrifice to be here.
where we find ourselves this morning, maybe even regardless of the obstacle that we may sense right ahead of us today, I pray, God, that you will reveal to every heart this morning that you are the one that breaks down barriers, you are the one that removes the walls, you are the one that lays mountains low, God, that you are truly the miracle worker. We thank you, God, for that today. Lord, as we uh, open our hearts minds, God, to what you have in store for us this morning. I ask that you would just impart your spirit in ways that we never expected. I pray, God, for just a strong move of your spirit, God, in this place. I thank you for the lives of each person represented here. God, you ordained the, the fact that we would be here together this morning. Every person here today belongs here, and there's so many more that we want to see come in as well. So today we thank you, God, for all this day is going to do in us, through us, and throughout this week. We pray these things together and say, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's good to see you this morning. Church, glad you are with us. Um, I have some good news this morning, some things that I want to share with you, some things that our churches uh, and our board throughout the week after our leadership meeting has done that we wanted to just kind of bring your attention to. Number one, uh, we have changed the name of our church. We voted Woodland Life Church. Woodland Life Church. We wanted to see and we want our people to know that this is a church body here in our midst, and we are thankful for that, and also our mission statement. And it stays true to our core values, as well as the Great Commission and the Greatest Commandment, and that is we exist, and we are here loving God, loving others, and making disciples. That's what Woodland Life Church is about. Amen. Amen. It is good uh, to, uh, to be a part of a body of believers that is moving forward. I uh, thought after this past weekend that we had with uh, Dave Ramsey, did such a good job with us, uh, one individual came to me afterwards and he said, you know, I am so excited about the direction that we're going and he said, actually, I want to just invest in this. He said, one of the things we need is we need a better presence online. So I'm going to buy TV quality uh, you know, cameras as well as a mixer so we can actually have you know, just kind of a camera panning from one camera to the other. He said, I'm going to take care of the cost of all of that. And he said, I'm going to do that. He said, but you're, you're going to have to get volunteers to run this stuff. And I thought, what an amazing thing that God is already providing for us as we're seeking to move forward. So we thank God that people are stepping up. And if you would like to be a part of that ministry where we are having a stronger presence and a more seamless presence online, 
um, please see Jeff. He can help us with that as well. So uh, isn't God good, though, bringing about good things in the midst of it all? One of the other decisions that we made was uh, starting May 1st, um, we are not renewing the lease with Freedom Church. Uh, We want our church building 100% of the time. We want 100% access all the time. And so we just want to let you know that uh, God is going to move them forward in their way, but God is doing something here. We need 100% of our time and access to see what God is doing in our place. So we're thankful for what God is doing in our midst. Let's give the Lord a hand for all that he has done, all that he is doing. With that, I want to just ask that our ushers would come forward, and uh, as they come forward, this is our act of worship to give of our tithes and of our offerings, and uh, we serve a God that provides uh, in every facet. I am not at all, I'm completely, I should say, completely confident that when we take a step in the Lord, knowing that he is moving us in new directions, and we are confident of the fact that he is the one who is ahead, beckoning us on, that he will take care of every need. So today, uh, I want to ask you, trust the Lord with all of your needs. And uh, let's just uh, say a prayer before we take our tithes and offerings today. God, we thank you for this opportunity to Give just a little bit back of what you've given to us. We thank you, God, that you are already working and moving in our midst and in our lives personally. You are so concerned with us in every detail, and we thank you, God, for that today. Lord, may your will continue to be done in Woodland Life Church, and we pray, God, that as we move forward together, that uh, you will just continue to provide in the way that you always have and always will. In Jesus' name. As the ushers are coming, I want to ask our kids to come forward and give their offering as well, and then they will be dismissed to the Children's Church. And today, I would like you to give Eric Disman a warm welcome, our administrative minister here for us to share God's word. Morning, everybody. How are you today? It's good to see you. You know, last uh, Saturday we had a, a leaders retreat, and it was a time that we all sat down and we just looked at our, our church from the bottom up, and we talked about everything that we do and how we do it. And as uh, Reverend Ramsey was there and he was speaking to us, God put it on my heart. He said, "Eric, I want you to give a sermon next weekend." I'm like, wow, cool. Yeah, I'd love to do that. So I asked Pastor Matt, and he said, "Yeah, please do." But then yesterday, I, I don't know what it was, but man, I, something came over me. I was in a, a bad mood. I was angry about some things, and I just, I couldn't figure it out. And I couldn't get over it. And I went to bed like that. And I, I woke up about 5 o'clock, so I got up, and I went over. The house is quiet. I'm the only one up, so I go make some coffee, and I sit down on the couch. So I pull up my sermon. It makes me start adding stuff to it, and I'm like, this is some weird stuff. Why are you making me put this in here? But I did. And then afterwards, 
I felt great. I felt hope. I felt wonderful. Um, I don't know why. It's weird, but hopefully it, it touches somebody today. Um, anyway, so this is, this is about the crowd. This is about people that are in the crowd and the in crowd. So what's the difference then? What's the difference of, between being in the crowd and being part of the in crowd? You know, we often hear that we're saved by faith alone. You know, just believe in and call on the name of Jesus and you're part of the in crowd, right? We think we've made it. There's nobody that's going to stop us. There's nothing that's going to stop us. We're getting into the kingdom. We're good, right? But as we know from our pastor's sermon a few weeks ago, there's, there's more to that story. So in Matthew 7.21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So let's break this passage down, right? When Jesus says, many will say to me, he's saying that there's going to be a large crowd of people, right? And this crowd, they think they're followers. They, they think they're doing exactly what Jesus wants. They say they prophesied. They say they've worked wonders and, and they've cast out demons in the name of Jesus, you know? They think that Jesus is going to be excited about it. He's going to be like, oh, man, that's great. Come on in. It's what they expect him to say. I mean, that's what we would expect him to say, right? It's not what he says. No, Jesus flat out says he doesn't even know them. That's interesting, right? Because it's Jesus. He knows every hair on our head, doesn't he? So Jesus does know them, right? But he disowns them. calls them workers of lawlessness. So what does he mean by that? What does he mean by lawlessness? What Jesus is saying is here is that they chose to go their own way. They chose to do what they wanted to do, not what Jesus asked them to do. So the question is, what did Jesus ask them to do? What, what did he expect from them? Love God? And love your neighbor, right? That's what he expects from us. So last week, Reverend Dave, he, he spoke to us about the servants and the bags of gold in Matthew 25. You guys, you remember how it goes? Right, so you, you had these servants and each one was given a certain number of bags of gold. And then each one doubled what he had. All except for that one guy. Right? See, this guy was lazy. He was fearful. So he buried his bag. He didn't even give the bag to somebody else, somebody that could have earned interest for him, right? Could have done something with it. His responsibility, it wasn't that great. He wasn't asked to do a whole lot of anything, was he? But instead, he chose to do nothing. He just hoped that, that, that when his master returned, everything's going to be okay. But what happened to him? Do you remember? Everything that he had was taken from him. He was thrown into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So was it for gold? Is gold what it's really about? Like fruit, you know, when Jesus 
told us to produce fruit, was he really asking us all to go out and become farmers? Like, no, right? that's silly, isn't it? Right? What did Jesus tell us to make? So in Matthew 28, 19, right, we have the, the Great Commission. And in the, the Great Commission, he told us to go out and make disciples. Right? That's what we're supposed to do. That's the fruit we're supposed, supposed to produce, right? So to get another idea of where we currently are right now, what's happening in the world, let's turn to uh, Matthew 22, 1 through 3. Next slide. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. So in this verse we have the king. So who's that king? That king's God, right? And he's just prepared a wedding. That wedding's the covenant. His son is Jesus, right? The Messiah. So the servants in this passage, well, they're, they're the prophets, and they're the apostles. They've been working for centuries, right? Preparing the way, inviting the guests. And yet, people turned away. And even today, they're still turning away. So next slide. I'm going to go to verses 4 through 8. So again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and they went their own ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who are invited are not worthy. So recognize what's happening in this passage. So the king here, he's, he's prepared, prepared this, this major banquet. He spent money and time, given a lot of effort to it. He's even provided the choicest fr food from his own stock. And the people that he invited, they turned his offer down. When the people did this, they, what they're really doing was they're insulting the king, right? They're insulting his generosity, and they're insulting his mercy. Even worse, some of them killed his messengers, basically saying they reject his authority as king. They reject him as God. So we're going to stop here for a little bit. We're going to focus on something else. Uh, it's kind of off topic, but we'll, we'll get there. So when Jesus says... Those who are not invited were not worthy. Don't think that he's talking about all Israel, right? I mean, that kind of thinking, that replaces, uh, it leads to something called replacement theology. And I'll tell you right now, that's a false theology. How do we know it's false? Well, God tells us so throughout all the prophets, right? So in Jeremiah 31, 35 through 37, it's not on the slide, but this is what the Lord says. He who appoints the sun to shine by day, who decrees the moon and stars to shine by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar, the Lord Almighty is his name. And he says, only if these decrees vanish from my sight, declares the Lord, will Israel ever cease being a nation before me. This is what the Lord also says. Only if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth below be searched, searched out, will I reject all the descendants of Israel because all they, done, all they have done, declares the Lord. So these tasks that God mentions, they're impossible tasks, right? He's basically saying that there is nothing that's going to make him reject Israel as his chosen people. He says this also in Zechariah chapter 8. You know, God speaks of the return of Israel here. Right? He speaks 
of how he brings the Jews out of all the nations and returns them to the covenant land. And at the end of the chapter, in verse 23, he says this to the prophet Zechariah. In those days, ten people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you, because we have heard that God is with you. So have, have any of you seen these, these funny little shawls that Jews wear? Right? They, they, they're called tzitzits. Uh, they have four tassels in the corner of, of each piece of this cloth. And so Jews were commanded by God to wear these things. And so why would he do that, right? Like, why would he give such a strange command? I mean, we might think it's strange. But remember that everything that God says and does has a reason. He gives commands to provide guidance, to fulfill a purpose, or to serve as a reminder or a sign. So in this case, the tassels of the tzitzit, which all nations and tongues will metaphorically take hold of, they serve as a reminder to Israel that they are God's chosen instrument through which all nations will be saved. The tzitzit, they're supposed to remind them of their purpose. And you see, we sometimes forget that the covenant that the Lord gave Israel it's not simply a set of laws, right, that had to be followed just because. No. No, they serve a greater purpose, even if we don't understand them, you know. All right, so let's go back to the wedding parable. So when Jesus says in Matthew 22, 8, those who were invited were not worthy. Don't think that God's speaking about all of Israel here or that the church had replaced them. In fact, the majority of Jesus' disciples at this time, they're Jews. So who is it that Jesus is talking about? Mark 8.31, Jesus tells us, you know, it says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. So the elders, chief priests, and the scribes. So right here, Jesus is talking about the leaders of Israel. Right. So what happened to these leaders in verse 7? And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. So what Jesus is talking about here at this time, it's prophetic. He's, he's probably talking about the fall of Jerusalem, right? In 70 AD, 40 years later, he's talking about when Rome attacked and destroyed the city. So let's move on. Let's go to verses 9 through 10. Next slide. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. So now we have what appears to be the Great Commission at work, right? So these servants, these apostles, go out into the world, and the gospel's proclaimed to the Gentiles. These servants, they teach disciples who in turn teach other disciples, and so on and so on, and so it carries on. Numerous theologies, ideas about God are formed, out of these theologies come denominations. And out of denominations, we get churches. And within all these churches, we have people. People with their own distinct beliefs, their own ideas. And these people all begin to form the crowd, full of the good and the bad. All right, so let's finish up. Go to the next slide. Chapters 11, or excuse me, verses 11 through 14. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And that man was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. 
For there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. So the king comes in, and there sits this man in the crowd, right? It's a man, he's accepted the king's invitation. He's followed this crowd into the, the feast hall, right? He came to attend that wonderful banquet. But even though the, the king, he put forth all this great effort in preparing this banquet, that man in the crowd, he didn't prepare. He, he didn't even bother to change his filthy clothes. He showed up as is. He disrespected the king and all that the king did for him. So the king threw him out. He had this man bound tight, rendered helpless, and tossed out into darkness. It's a place of immense suffering, right? You and I know what that place is. So tell me, why was this man judged undeserving to take part in this, this wedding banquet, to enter the kingdom? Was it for wearing the wrong clothes? Maybe this guy thought, I don't, I don't have to do anything, right? The king's doing all the work. I just, I just have to sit down and just sit on my hands, enjoy myself, wait for the meal to come, wait for the rapture to come. I sometimes ask myself, you know, is that what I'm doing? Am I sitting on my hands doing nothing? It's my kind of faith, the kind of faith that expects God to do all the work for me. Should my faith actually be the kind of faith that does good deeds for God to honor Him? Remember Matthew 7.21, right? He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That's a powerful statement, right? Does the will. So think about the stories that I mentioned earlier in Matthew, right? What, what really stood out to you? I mean, if you're like me, you probably focused on, you know, the, the banquet guy or that guy with the one bag of gold, right? The guys that got thrown out. But maybe what we should really do is we should look at those other people in the stories, right? The ones who weren't thrown out, the ones who did God's will, the ones who were accepted. What did they do? What did they produce? Bags of gold. Right? Disciples. Souls in heaven. So how do we bring bags of gold souls into the kingdom? Let's do that exercise. I'm going to ask, I want every man in here, find another man near you. Look him in the eyes. Go ahead and do that. I want every woman in here to do the same thing. I don't want it to be somebody related to. Don't do that. Find somebody that's not a family member. Men, look another man in the eye. You can keep your social distancing, please. Do that, all right? Don't, don't break all those rules. But I want you to do this. Look somebody in the eye. All right. Ask them their name. Exchange names. All right. Once you've done that, here's what I want you to do. Look that person in the eye, say their name, then say, I love you. 
All right. You can go ahead and sit down. I hope I didn't upset anybody with that, with COVID stuff going on. But I, I got a question for you. When you said it to that person, how did it make you feel? It gave you joy. Anybody else that said it, how did it make you feel when you said it? Warm fuzzies? Yeah. How about when you heard it? How did it make you feel? Loved? Anybody else? Connected. Yeah. Right. Now, you don't have to answer, but how many of you couldn't say it at all? Some of us, it's hard to do, especially in today's society, right? Especially for us men, we really have a hard time looking another man in the eye and saying, I love you. I have a hard time with that sometimes. I've been working on it, though. Right, Matt? I love you, brother. So think about it. That, that person that you said I love you to, that person's a part of our church. That person's a part of our family, right? We should be loving each other. So how do we produce fruit, earn bags of gold, bring the lost to God? This is how we start, right? We begin by truly loving each other. We start with fellowship, we pray for each other. We get healthy from the inside out. So what does that look like? What I'm about to say, I'm not trying to defy COVID regulations or the government, what I'm about to say, but how about asking that person that you just said I love you to out for lunch? Maybe set aside time and ask them to, to meet you for coffee sometime during the week. Get to know each other, right? Then, next Sunday, you do this process all over again with somebody else. How's that sound? Perhaps we set aside a time, set aside a, a side on our weekly calendar, time, and um, we just make that a point. It's something we do every week, right? We. We find somebody and we have coffee with them just to get to know them, just to talk to them. That's what we do, right? Once we become comfortable with that, you know, we, we ask somebody that's not from our church. Ask somebody from work. Ask somebody from school. Ask somebody from wherever it is that you are during the day. Find a way to share Jesus. Challenge you a little more. If you have a friend from another church, I ask that you sit down with them and pray for them. Pray for their church. Pray for their church's mission. Pray that they bring people to the Lord. We're all in this mission together. We're all trying to do the same thing. So let's pray for our brothers and sisters wherever they might be. Whatever church they're in, whatever their denomination is, let's pray for them. Once we do that, I'm going to challenge you a little further, right? These, these are stepping stones to get us where we're going. Find ways to serve. Maybe it's in the church. Maybe it's in the community. Maybe it's in government. 
See, we're all worried right now about the future of our country, which is it's moving farther and farther away from God. Right? Anybody else see it? Am I the only one? Yeah. You know that you can make a difference, though? There, there are positions in the city and the county and, and other places in which you can serve where you can make a difference. There's going to be a spot in the city planning commission soon. You might be that person. It's probably going to be a spot opening up on city council. That might be you. Right? You might be the person we need. You might have leadership qualities and traits, gifts, where you can go make a difference and bring Jesus back into government. You never know. It might be your child. You might raise your child to do that. Your gift might simply be a smiling face, right? An invitation to another person to come to church. That might be your gift. Just bring joy to somebody throughout your day. We all have gifts. We all have a purpose. But if we're going to do any of this, we have to be different. We have to think differently. We need to see every person in and out of the church as a brother or a sister that we love, right? That God loves. That God wants to see in the kingdom. So let's find them, right? Let's help them to step out of the crowd and and get to be a part of the in crowd, right? Our crowd, Jesus' crowd. So let's learn what Jesus is really talking about here. He's teaching us to love. Right? And this, this message today is going to be short because I want it to be in your head foremost as you leave here today, as we go out into the world. God's message to us is to love. And it meets right in with our mission statement. Right? Loving God, loving others, making disciples. That's our purpose. We can focus on all the negative things of the world. And as you can see, we can read the words of Jesus and we can see negative things in that. Oh, he's just going to toss us out in the lake of fire, whatever it might be, take away our bags of gold and do all these terrible things to us. Or we can look at it the way he wants us to look at it. In a loving way, in a positive way. To see his real message, which is to take care of each other. Tell that person next to you, I love you. Go outside these doors. Find somebody else. Say, I love you. And say, oh, by the way, you know who else loves you? Yeah, that's right. So that's the message today. Short, sweet, simple. But it's the key to the kingdom. Love God. Love others. And make disciples. So I'd ask you just bow your head right now. Close your eyes. And I'm going to pray over you, and this is how I'm going to pray from now on, just like I did the last sermon for everybody. I'm not going to say the words. I'm going to ask you to pray in your heart, in your own words. The reason being, reason being is I want God to hear from each one of us in our own words so that we pray corporately. 
So he hears each of our voices. I want you to ask God to bless our church. Ask God to bless that person that you said I love you to. Ask God to give you strength to do the same. To have the courage to say I love you. Ask God to give that person that you said I love you to the strength to do the same. Pray that He gives us the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding of how to share His Word in a way that impacts lives, that brings people to Him. Gives us, please, Lord, pray to Him, ask Him to give us the strength and ability to fulfill the Great Commission, to become a light in the darkness so that no one will be tossed out. Ask God to help us in this, to give each and every one of us the Holy Spirit. And while I have this time, I ask you all too, we have those in our church who have cancers. We have those in our church who are injured, who are sick, who are depressed. I ask you now, if you know a name, raise it up. Say it out loud or say it in your heart. Ask for healing for that person. All of us, church, please do so right now in your hearts. Ask for healing for these. Ask that they know you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to pray together, to have faith in you that you can carry out all these wonderful things, that you can be in our lives in such a way, not that we'll make an impact, but that, that you'll make an impact, Father. We're just so grateful for the love that you share for each and every one of us, Lord. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray for all these things. And everybody says, Amen. Thank you, everybody.
this morning. And uh, I just want to take a moment and just invite you, if you'd like to come forward, this altar is always open for you. Uh, what I heard this morning was this, you know what? Uh, not only do you belong here, every one of you belongs here, but so do the thousands who are in Woodland Park right now who are not here and not in any other church. They belong here too, amen? And so we are thankful that God has placed us here to make a difference in others' lives, just like he's made a difference in us. So today, uh, maybe uh, this has just touched your heart. altar is open. We're going to close with the word of prayer. But before we do, I want you to know this Wednesday night, we are beginning a new service, 6.30 p.m. That service will be an hour of prayer be directed. Uh, we'll have some music, but it will be a directed prayer starting at 6.30, ending at 7.30, starting this Wednesday night. We would love to see you there because we know that the first step that we have to take as we are moving to take new ground for Jesus Christ is to be on our knees in prayer before the Lord. So today, I want you to just uh, maybe mark that in your calendar and be here because together, Yes, it says only two or three, but man, what if we had 20 or 30 or two or 300? Wouldn't it be great to be together in prayer, calling on the Lord, God, make a difference. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for the message. We thank you, God, for the heart behind it. We thank you, God, that you have reminded us that we, uh, we within us through you, Christ, have an answer that this world needs desperately. Lord, I pray that you would just help us as we move forward in your plan and in your will and in your way. I pray, God, that you will continue to just show us a bright light ahead of us, Lord, that it represents all that you are. And I pray, God, that you will help us to be that light that's shining on a hill to our people around us. I pray, God, that you will just help us, Lord, as we are seeking, God, to, to see people know you as their Lord and Savior and to love each other here and beyond these doors. Help us, Lord, as we seek to love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and help us, God, I pray, as you, we seek to make disciples, not just to become disciples, but to be disciples who make disciples. So we thank you, God, in advance made a way. We're looking forward to your preferred future. We pray these things and together, God, we are looking forward to this week where you're going to give us opportunities to love each other, to love others beyond these walls, and to learn to love you more. And together in thanks for that, we say in Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Well, it's good to see you here today. There's Scott, myself, Eric, and Lori will be up here if you need to speak with someone. But, uh, but today, you are dismissed in the goodness of our God.